What shapes us into who we are and how we perceive the world? You're better off asking what doesn't shape us. The human mind is a pliable thing influenced by a variety of factors which begin at birth, continue through our adulthood, and follow us through old age. Oh yes, I've seen it all. I worked in a nursing home for three years, remember? Talk about mind-altering experiences. Think about it. With every interaction, every occupation, every hobby, every book we read, and every place we visit, our views of the world and our sense of selves are constantly transforming. But one particular common influence that can be found across the world, no matter where we are, also happens to be the most disparate, depending on our geographical location, culture, and even socioeconomic status. It's an influencer that most of us begin to interact with at a young age, and many of us continue to interact with throughout our entire adult lives. And no, this is not going nuts on the bowl of Halloween candy, although that's a very valid guess. The influence's very design, in fact, was intended to help us learn and shape who we are as adults. That's right, it's school. Schools have been around since humans began to become a civilized society, and they've taught us everything from how to read, to the history of their world, to who we are away from our parents, to what we personally take interest in, to even teaching us about the negative health impacts of overdosing on too many ghost-shaped Reese cups. As if that lesson had any impact on us whatsoever. Some schools are, quote, state-of-the-art, while others arise from poverty. Some schools teach us how to solve algorithms, while others teach us how to live off the land. Some schools are held in modern high-rises, while others are held at train stops. This week, I returned to the bricks at Ohio University for my 10th homecoming. This is where I spent five years of my life learning about who I was and what the world is. It's a place where I developed friendships and lived many of my happiest moments, but also my most challenging moments of my life. It's where I first had the opportunity to study abroad, which opened up much of my world as I know it today. Today, I'll take you through my own school experiences and talk about some of the most interesting, bizarre, and extraordinary schools around the world. We'll take a look at just how and why people can be so different and just how diverse the world really is. Our realities are not the realities. They're merely perceptions which reflect our own culture and geographic spot on the map. So let's go beyond that today. Let's learn a lesson about learning a lesson. Because every lesson learned is a lesson worth learning. At least we know why we have perpetual tummy aches every 10th month out of the year. Welcome back to week 10 of Purple Hood Adventures. Good afternoon, Ohio Bobcat and visiting Northern Illinois Husky fans. It's a homecoming Saturday at Peden Stadium. Where the marching band known as the 110 is the center of the universe, or at least the campus. The 110 is on the scene and they can give you what you want. Where what happens at the infamous Highlander Motel stays at the infamous Highlander Motel. I don't rather have it that way. Because no. that, that way you didn't, for the next six hours or that you slept, you weren't like aware of it. where my ongoing mishaps make no exception. My pants are wet. Yeah. yeah. 
and where my direction compromised self continues to live another day. This is the opposite way. Maria Elena, and you are listening to Purple Hood Adventures Podcast. I'm a travel-obsessed entrepreneur working from my home in Ohio to connect travelers from all over the world and to help you make your one days a reality and stop living for the weekend. I seek constant adventure while maintaining an outwardly appearing normal life with a husband, a cat, and a full-time job as a remote speech-language pathologist. I live a real-life accidental comedy show as seen through the eyes of my trusty Mount Zion Purple Windbreaker as I make my way around the world and live a life of the unordinary but not the extraordinary. Namaste, everyone. So happy to have everybody back with us here in our first official two-digit weeked episode here at Purple Hood Adventures. If anyone noticed, I actually had exactly 10 bell tolls from the clock tower at Ohio University. Just a little touch I decided to add in there. Also, um, I did not say namaste because I enjoy yoga. If you know me at all, I actually think it's pretty terrible. Um, Although I do give it a fair try every time I'm convinced to go to a yoga session. Um, If you've seen me, it's actually a pretty laughable cause. I, um... I usually spend the whole time like trying not to fall over and then in these supposedly like relaxing positions like downward dog I'm sitting there trying not to let my head explode um, I usually have this large vein that just like runs across the center of my forehead my face is like purple I feel like they're like every ounce of blood in my body is in my head region it does anybody else have that happen is it just me everybody thinks I'm nuts when I say that like nobody else seems to have that problem I don't know if it's my low blood pressure problem or what but yeah yoga is just needless to say not for me but um I do give it a try every time I understand that most people enjoy it, so we'll leave it at that. Anyway, um, if you think I'm totally nuts, you're right, but uh, if you heard my earlier episodes, I am attempting to say hello in a different way every week, and that kind of goes hand in hand with Purple Hood Adventures' aim to try to help you learn about the world and help you um, learn about other cultures. So that's actually a hello and a greeting in India, namaste, Um, and the reason I chose that this week is because I'm actually working with somebody from India to help me reconsider construct my website. So I thought that that would be nice and appropriate this week. So Uh, Also, before we get started talking about our schools around the world, I do want to give you guys a little visual. My fractured pinky that I fractured on a water bottle, like I mentioned, is now in a a little bit of a splint, and I'm back to being a cripple, and I swear it's making it worse. Um, It's, I don't know, apparently my fracture was rare as it was. They told me it was rare. They were like, actually, nobody really gets these types of fractures. They were like, your bone, it's just, it's like still attached to the tendon, and I, I was like, oh, of course I would get a rare fracture. Not only is it rare to fracture a pinky on a water bottle, but it's also rare kind of fracture. So that's where I'm at this week. Um, It's pretty actually disgusting because if anybody knows also, I have a pretty bad track record for uh, messiness and I've got like this gross crust and like food accumulating under there. And yeah, it's gross. I keep trying to take it off and like clean it and it just gets dirty in like five minutes again. So 
and that's a good time. Also, my husband Dan got a new car. As I mentioned last week, he did total his old car, so he has a new one now. We're back up to two cars. And uh, he also had his five-hour-long birthday cake last week that I made him. I did manage to make it in five hours this time. Sometimes it takes me up to six, but um, I finished it. It is edible. I did destroy the kitchen just a bit, but it's edible, and that's the good news, right? Okay, so this week, I do want to shift gears a little bit here at the the past couple of weeks, we talked about remote work and you know working um, for your own business and all of that type of thing to work remotely. But how do we even get that basic education? How do we get that knowledge that enables us to do this? Well, it all kind of begins in that STEM root of school. Um, we all have school around the world, and it's something that most people have. Actually, almost everybody has this in some form, one way or another, but it's drastically different depending on what school you go to. Some people are homeschooled. Some people live in um, you know countries that can barely afford schooling. So your different um, views of the world are highly based in school to begin with. So you're learning about the world um, based on, you know, your, obviously your, your life influences, but school is a really big part of it. And I, I don't think that we should... Um, we should not talk about it. I think we should really talk about this this week. Um, so actually, I it dawned on me this week when I was trying to think about what I wanted to talk about. Because at first I thought to myself, oh, how am I going to get any podcast done this week? I'm going to be at homecoming all weekend. I'm not going to have time to record. But then I thought about it and I remembered that this is exactly why I record every week. Because I want to have you with me here through my life as I experience it and as I encounter different things. So what a perfect way I could just bring my recordings and uh, record some clips for you at uh, at my school that I attended. So, and then we talk about that. So, that was uh, kind of my idea for this week. Also, uh, I want to talk about the other schools I went to. I started out going to the small Catholic school called Nativity. It was horrible, um, to say the least. I was pretty profusely picked on. I had a large gap between my teeth and. Um, I was known as the beaver, and it was pretty terrible. I mean, nowadays they have all this stuff around, like, oh, bullying, kids can't be bullied. And I'm thinking to myself, did anybody, like, have any idea what I dealt with through my entire life? Like, I didn't go around, like, shooting the schools up. Like, you know, you hear that kind of thing, and it's like, okay, you learn to become an adult by, you know, facing these challenges as a kid. And I think part of that helped me um, become who I am now. You know, I, I try not to treat anybody like that because I would never want anybody to feel how I did for all of those years at my life in nativity. So that's just me. But anyway, it was a pretty terrible time for me. Uh, and then in my high school that I went to, it was Walnut Hills. It was probably the quite opposite experience, I should say. It's uh, It was like full of all these weird people. And um, I'm a weird person galore. So that really worked well in my favor. I, um, I had all these friends. Like all of a sudden I had all these friends there that empowered me. And I felt like I could be myself. And it reversed all of that negativity that nativity had set upon me to begin with. And then I went to college, Ohio University, which had like weird people and like normal people. So it was like a balance. So I realized that, you know, getting out into the world outside of Cincinnati, you're, you're faced with different people. And um, you have to learn how to uh, balance yourself in a world with a lot of different types of people. And that's where I really learned that was in college. So um, I'm now a, a balance and a collection of all of my experiences. And I think a lot of people are. I think that kind of applies to mostly everybody. 
Um, also, what, at Ohio University, where we visited this weekend, I met my husband in a German class, and it was where I first traveled solo at 20 when I was uh, studying abroad in Germany. I can thank OU for um, allowing me that experience to study abroad in Germany. I, I remember being so scared to just hop on a train and you know go to go to a, uh, another country overnight by myself, but that's when I first started doing it, and that's what really kicked off my um, love for solo travel. So I can thank OU for that. Also, um, at Ohio University, I, um, I remember having a little bit of a culture shock when I came there because I was from a, a, a city, you know, Cincinnati, and uh, I wasn't allowed to have a car on campus. And I remember I felt really isolated because I didn't know, you know, I didn't know anybody. I couldn't just drive anywhere. I couldn't drive home any weekend. So it was a little bit of a culture shock for me. But I remember this one time in particular, I decided to take the townie bus. Okay, townies are people that are from... Athens that don't go to the university, they're uh, Appalachian folks, um, if you can picture that. It's, uh, it's, that's what we call them, the townies. But anyway, uh, the bus was filled with townies. So, you know, I had to get to Walmart. I had to go shopping. So I went on this bus, and I remember we went to Walmart, and this was like my second week of school there was as a freshman. And I remember getting back on the bus, and this lady is in front of me, and I, the power had gone out in Walmart. And she goes, you know, the power is out. She's like talking to the bus driver. The pair, did you know the power's the power's out? I don't know why the power's out, but the pa- hey, did you know the power's out? And I'm like standing there behind her with like 400 pounds of things, like thinking, I know the power is out. Just get me on this bus. I'm gonna like drop all this stuff and my arm's gonna fall off. So yeah, it was pretty interesting. That's just something I remember from my early years at OU. Anyway, um, actually, we went to that same Walmart uh, yesterday. Here's a little clip from that. That was when Dan found all the Halloween decorations at Walmart and was trying to tempt me with literally buying out the entire store. What is it? It's freaking arcade. Three in our box. Yeah. Oh, terrible. Oh, this is for our basement. Holy shit, this is cool. Okay, hold on. Can you get a cart? No. <laughs> this, by the way, is why people go to Walmart to buy like a stapler and they come out with like a thousand dollars worth of merchandise. Come on. Wow. Wow. Oh my god, hey Oh my god, three. I would kill for that. What? You can get a riser. Oh my god. Oh god, these sound clips are giving me flashbacks. Oh my god. Oh, I want it so bad. I want, I, I want it. Oh my god. What would you ever do with Put that? Put it in basements and play it all the time. You would not play it. I absolutely, I absolutely would. It's so cool. Oh man. You said it'd be checked right, from Geico. No. He would not have played that for the record. Also, they did sell the Hobbit movie. Hey, look, the Hobbit. No, Dan. Come on, please. <sighs> Okay, we're just going to move away from Walmart clips just for now. Um, <laughs> by the way, those clips were completely natural. He had no idea I was recording. Just to give you guys a little depiction of what my daily life is like here at home. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go back to talking now about schools. And one thing that I've noticed as I've traveled around the world is that schools vary so much. And in fact, when I was in Cambodia this summer, I remember I stayed with a family and the, the kids were going to school in the 
mornings. And I remember when we were biking the countryside, some of the kids would come out of their little, uh, their little schoolhouses and they'd wave and they'd say hello in English because they knew, obviously, I was a tourist. I mean, not like I stick out like a sore thumb or anything, <laughs> but uh, so it was really cute to see them come out and say hello to all the tourists that would bike by. And, um, you know, some of the schools would, you know, a lot of the schools around there are, you know, in a state of poverty and, you know, they make do with what they have and, you know, they're very resourceful. And, you know, I've seen larger schools like in Thailand, I saw a whole like little sports complex, but it was nowhere near, of course, the same type of like basketball court and, you know, big stadiums that you'd find here, but they had their own type of court that, you know, they um, place emphasis on. So I just, I just really enjoy observing schools as I travel. It's one of my favorite things to do. Also in Peru, I saw this like huge bus packed full of kids. I'm pretty sure that would break some type of fire code here in the U.S., but um, that's how they did things there. Totally acceptable there. Uh, in Germany, I was just hearing these kids running around going, oh, oh, I have no idea what it was about. But yeah, it's just really funny because kids are, they're like these little like five and six-year-olds and they're just speaking the German language, which to me is like the hardest language to learn ever. But of course, they're like five and six and that's their native language. And yeah, I don't know. It just kind of fascinates me. But the point is, is that learning is a universal experience and it varies so much depending on, you know, our realities and our own uh, culture and our own geographical location, like I was saying. So our realities are always just our perceptions. They just feel like realities, but really they're just our perception that the culture that we live in reflects. Um, by the way, I do work in Alaska. I work with kids in Alaska with my teletherapy, as you may have heard me mention before. Um, one in- interesting thing about that is the kids there, it's funny because their native language is actually Yupik. Um, and they also speak English, but they have different mannerisms. So like they raise their eyebrows to say yes. Um, here, I feel like if you raise your eyebrows and somebody was asking you a question, they'd be like, um, excuse me, why would you ask me that? That would be like my like body language. Of, but you know, but that's not true in Alaska. That's how they say yes. Um, You know, they're also taught to have bare minimum responses. So like here, you know, kids will like talk your, talk your ears off and talk your legs off. And um, my mom used to say talk your leg off, but my husband like makes fun of me for saying that. So I said both, Um, you know, they'll talk all the time, but in uh, Alaska, they might give you like a one or two word response because that's just how they are in their culture and how they're brought up. So I just, I just thought that was interesting. Um, so today we're actually going to talk about some of the bizarre schools around the world. There's actually a lot, and I've researched a few, and some of them I can't even believe exist. But um, it's, you know, the, the goal of my podcast are to help the world learn about different cultures and parts of the world. And also I'm teaching myself as I do my research. So it's kind of, um, it's kind of a double whammy there. So uh, also, um, I'll take you through my life here as a bobcat at Ohio University. That was our mascot. And I'll kind of play some audio clips for from the things that happened there and talk about uh, the culture at Ohio University. And of course, obviously, I wouldn't leave you high and dry without a game. We are going to talk about some different locations. So I'm going to give you a, a description of the location that the different schools exist in. And I'm going to give you a chance to guess, kind of like what we did last week. Um, and uh, I, I will give you a, a little fun fact part where I explain some fun facts about the place after I explain the school. And I'll give you a little uh, geography lesson about where it is and um, just kind of like the terrain and, you know, some general information about that. Um, Speaking of geography, by the way, I don't mean to go off on a tangent here, but um, at Nativity, that little Catholic school I told you guys about, 
Um, one thing I will give them credit for was they made, they made us like color these maps every year. We used to have to color like every country and we'd have to look up the capital and write that in and do all this stuff. But, um, I remember that that was something we had to do every year and I'm a very visual learner. So coloring each of these countries, like really helped me learn where these places were. And I remember like, I would just use all these mnemonic devices to remember things. So for example, um, Sudan, um, in Africa, I remember was Khartoum. That was the capital. And actually, the summer when I was in an Uber in Chicago, the driver was from Sudan, and he he said, "Oh, I'm from Sudan." And I was like, "Oh, are you from Khartoum?" And he's like, "Actually, yeah, I am. How'd you know that? Like, how'd you know the capital?" And I think he just expected me to be some like ditzy blonde girl, like I don't, like not knowing anything about. It. But I was like, "No, it's it's Khartoum, right?" He's like, "Yeah." Like he was like really shocked that I knew that, um, and it's because I remembered. Okay, guys, don't make fun of me, but I remembered that because. When I was a kid, I used to memorize things like, okay, Sudan, Sudan, that's a car, that's a type of car. Um, car, tomb, okay, you're in a tomb in a car. <laughs> I don't know. That's just how, that's how things work in my brain for anyone that's curious. Um, so I still remember it to this day. Um, also, a couple years ago, I memorized every capital in the entire world. Um, this is what I do on my spare time, by the way. This is like what I do for fun. So it's no, no uh, wonder why I created a a um, travel business here. So, okay guys, I'm enough rants for today. Uh, we're going to get started with our first description of our first location right after these brief messages. Good morning. Need help today or Saturday at Parma Care Center, 5,553 Broadview Road, Parma 44,134. Do you have availability? Lynn, Encore. Ugh, those texts about PRN work. Ugh, they're starting to get really old. Anyway, let's talk about our first location here. It's right here in the United States, and it's actually the sixth most populous city, home to the Liberty Bell and the Declaration of Independence. Where is this location? And speaking of liberty and independence, I'm sure they had plenty of music and drums to go along with the occasion. Under the direction of Dr. Richard Sook, we proudly present the most exciting alumni band in the land, the Ohio University Marching Wartan Alumni. Maybe they were even popping some tags with Eileen. Obviously, they were popping tags back in 1776, right? 
Of course they were. Anyway, those other sound clips I played were from OU this weekend. The first couple were from the notorious Marching 110 band we had there. The second couple were played at another popular bar on Court Street in Athens, Ohio. The bar was called Cat's Eye. They play a lot of attractive music that draw people that want to dance until 2 a.m. and sing at the top of their lungs. Always a favorite OU activity of mine. It wouldn't be a complete weekend without it. Anyway, if anybody was wondering, the answer to our last description was indeed Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Okay, let's talk about the interesting school there. The school is known as the School of the Future, and it was initially formed to attract students from low-income families. The school started back in 2006 in order to give a glimpse of how schools will one day be, you guessed it, in the future. The students don't actually use books or paper or notebooks or pens or pencils or anything like that that a normal school might use. But they are given laptops and various um, Microsoft apps that they work on. So it's weird. It's Everything is technology-based. So I, I kind of like to visit that school and just see how that operates. Also, the school runs from about 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. to mimic office hours to prepare the student for um, a life one day in the office. So that is just one of the um, things that they do there to help prepare their, uh, the kid for their adulthood. A fun fact about Philadelphia is that it is located in eastern Pennsylvania. It's home to America's first zoo, first hospital, and somehow the first medical center. Hmm, I wonder how that relates to a hospital in any way whatsoever. It's also the first general purpose computer was created there in 1946, which weighed a whopping 27 tons. Oh man, that's pretty heavy. Um, yeah, have you ever seen those old school computers? I always see those on like old movies and pictures and things like that. I was not around for that time, unfortunately, but it would have been interesting to see. Anyway, um, the location is at the confluence of the Delaware River and uh, I think I'm going to say this right, Schoolkill Rivers, okay? It is also a U.S. state located in the Northeast Great Lakes and Mid-Atlantic regions of the U.S. and the Appalachian Mountains run right through the state. So that's a little geography and fun fact lesson about Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Okay, let's talk about our second description here. Get ready, everyone. It's a country, so I hope you know your countries. This one is known for its lush green landscapes and numerous waterways, and one of the most popular means of transportation are boats. Okay, the country is home to Cox's Bazaar, which is the longest sea beach in the world. What country is this? And where there are boats and picturesque beaches, there are photographs from my phone. What? Well, yeah, but I thought we were also looking for pawpaws and enjoying the ridges. I didn't know that we were on a race to finish the path as quickly as possible. I know. This, I've never been. Wow, this is cool. I've never, for an entire time we've been down here, I've never seen this angle. Brains. I see brains. Hold on, I want to take a picture. What? Hold on, let me take a picture. And I never cease to get in trouble from Dan when we are on walks and I stop every five feet in order to take yet another picturesque photo. 
so cranky. I won't stop every 15 yards. I'm enjoying my walk. Yes, the struggle is real, but I'll have you know that literally every year he asks me to dig through my phone and pull up that photo that he complained about me taking so that he can like frame it and give it to somebody as a Christmas gift. No joke, that happens. That's like a typical day in my life. Okay, let's talk about that last location I described. That was Bangladesh. I want to talk about a really interesting school in Bangladesh. It's called Boat School. Okay, and it was created because of the extreme flooding that occurs there. And it had become increasingly difficult for families and residents to fulfill basic needs such as learning and you know education and uh, it's a relatively poor country to begin with so this became even more of a problem Um, but education continues to persist um, given the innovative ways that they have come up with in creating these boat schools they also turn some of the boats into libraries to help meet meet the educational needs of the youth and the community so talk about innovative ways to help children get education I thought that was really interesting let's talk about some fun facts about Bangladesh and we'll talk about the location here it's located in Southern Central Asia with a coastline of 580 kilometers or 360 miles on the northern littoral of the Bay of Bengal. It is bordered by India and Burma, which is Myanmar, whatever you want to call it. Um, It's a location exceptionally vulnerable to changes in the Earth's temperatures and climate cycles, so that's why it floods all the time. Um, It has a very low elevation which causes a problem there it has a high population density um, and an inadequate infrastructure so that's why they had to turn all the boats into schools to help compensate for some of that its nation is um, its economy actually heavily relies on agriculture and it's home to the world's largest river and largest mangrove some fun facts about bangladesh there And speaking of infrastructures and buildings and structures in general, they're actually remodeling the notorious insane asylum in Athens. It's pretty devastating, actually. It looks like they are gutting the insides. I don't know what they're doing. There's a bunch of construction going on, but it's getting me really worried. So here's a clip from that. I can't believe they're remodeling the sanatorium. Sanatorium Insane asylum. What would you call it? Oh joy, it's time for our third description here. This is another country, a Scandinavian country at that. It's reported to be the happiest country in the world. Its health care and education are free, and it has the oldest state flag still in use. Its monarchy is the oldest continuing monarchy in the world, and it's existed for a thousand years. It has more than twice the amount of bicycles than cars. What is this country? And at Ohio University in Athens, um, there are definitely more cars than bikes, unfortunately. But the cars actually have this infamous sound of going down these brick roads because Athens is comprised of many of those types of streets. Or in my case, running slash dying up all the hills around campus. I did run cross country there. This was the top of our hill workout. We'd run through the forest and run up here. This would be end, and then you'd cool down, 
that way to go loop back around. And speaking of dying up hills, I know you all are dying to hear what that last description was. And that was, drum roll, Denmark. Yes, the European country. I'm not sure if I could have gotten that or not based on the description, but I think I had read somewhere that it's the happiest place on earth. Um, either that or Disney World. Yeah, one of the two. Anyway, I'm not sure if I could have gotten that or not, but it would be interesting to hear if I could if I were on the other end of this. But unfortunately, I made this, so I already knew that. Okay, so let's talk about the school that's there. It's called, oh gosh, let's try not to butcher this one, Iesta, Iesta? Uh, okay, this is one of those things that I, I like listen to 500 times on YouTube, so I hope I say that right. It actually doesn't have an English character in it. It's got a theta. It's theta, R-E-S-T-A-D, so Iesta. <laughs> I guess that's what it is. Anyway, this school is actually a giant classroom for 358 students with a public gymnasium known for its wide open settings with giant, quote, drums, they call them drums, and huge pillows for a relaxing environment. Okay, I looked up a picture of this, and it looks like these like giant circular raised areas off the floor. It looks like super comfortable. It looks like I just want to have like a therapy session there or something like that. Um, yeah, so it looks super comfy. Uh, it looked like it was like a place to do like yoga with those yoga pillows. Not that I would know that because I hate yoga, and um, I have no idea what those would even look like. <laughs> but anyway, okay, let's talk about some fun facts about Denmark. Denmark is actually an archipelago. It's made up of over a hundred islands, some of which aren't even inhabited. And it's made up of the Jutland Peninsula and it shares a border with Germany to the south. It's a country almost two times the size of Massachusetts and the Danish have actually no word for the word please. I thought that was kind of interesting. How do they like ask for things? I guess, I don't know. That, that should be interesting to find out one of these days. I've never actually been there. If anyone has, just let me know. I want to hear how they do things there. Um, it has more than 50% of Copenhagers that cycle to Copenhagers, Copenhageners, Copenhagians. I don't know what you'd say. What would you call them? Anyway, more than 50% of those inhabitants of Copenhagen, I should say, cycle to work every day. So we talked about lots of bicycles. Well, they all bike to uh, work every day. So that kind of makes sense. Okay, is everyone ready for some more fun and excitement? Oh, I know I am. I'm just getting started here, baby. All right, let's talk about our next description. It's another country. Actually, it's another Asian country. It has a floating post office, and it's known as the wettest inhabited space on the earth. Okay, its official language is Hindi, and the currency there is known as the rupee. It also has more than 300,000 active mosquitoes. Ooh, I hope you bring your bug repellent. And I thought Cambodia was bad. Hint, it's not Cambodia. In other bug news, in Athens, Ohio, there are lots of woolly bear caterpillars. I like to spend a lot of time looking at these on walks. Almost as much time as I like to spend taking photographs. I like him. This one can be pretty fly one day. He's so good. Let him go. He's on a walk too. Mr. Caterpillar was on a walk with us. And speaking of wet inhabited spaces, I don't even want to talk about Red Brick, the bar in Athens, Ohio. Let's just say that the floor was, well, less than dry.
Bro, yeah, we left it like the It's the grimiest, shittiest. We got big mamas that like. It's gone down. It's really bad now. So we went to Poppers after. We were going to go to Bruni's. There's a line like for like a mile long. Needless to say, just about anything goes in the bars and streets of Athens. You know what else goes? Trains! And if you're wondering how that has anything to do with schools whatsoever, I'll have you know that the answer to our last description was the country of India. And there they have something called train platform schools. I thought this was really intriguing. So what these are, they're actually schools across India. And they help marginalized children get an education. The classes take place at train stops, and they help students who can't have access to schooling due to financial constraints. They've actually taught more than 4,000 students. So talk about innovative ways to help students get their education. That is definitely one of them. Let's talk about some quick facts and geography about India. So India's name was actually derived from the Indus River. It's the second most populous country in the world after China. Its terrain varies from desert in the west to jungles in the northeast. There is a fertile area called the Ganges Plains and that covers most of the north of the country. So that's a little bit about India. Okay, I'm just going to say I have absolutely no idea how to convert these next few clips into something that even remotely logically makes sense based on our last description. So, I'm just going to attempt it anyway. Louis Ervos in for the conversion attempt. So speaking of populous countries, let's talk about some populous places to eat at Ohio University, starting with Bagel Street Deli. I'm talking about you. Oh, is that the line you got? Is yeah. Bagel Street? Yes, there's always a huge line. It is, trust me. Well, I'm sure something comparable is inside. I tried to warn Dan that there would be a line out the door, but as usual, he didn't believe me. I told you. You can go in. And yet he still didn't believe me until we opened the door. stupid, no. Or if you're in Athens County and pot pies are more your thing, understandably you'd be pretty devastated if they went missing from your fridge. So much so that you felt the need to talk about it in public in the Athens County Mall, as I so recalled in one of my trips down memory lane in the car. Remember the, the people that were like, the pot pies are gone? Walmart. This Walmart is where my first um, Facebook profile picture was taken. This next description is, uh, it's the most populous country in the world with a population of around 1.404 billion people. That's a lot of people. It's New Year's celebration lasts for 15 days. It is famous for its fortification systems across northern borders to protect and consolidate territories of states and empires against nomadic groups. What is this country? did chanting while they were putting up all those fortification systems at that last location like rah 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 fortification systems clap 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 
Oh man, I'm only having my second cup of coffee. I swear, I still have another one coming. Okay, um, I would clap to demonstrate, but remember I have that pinky splint going on. Anyway, um, if you're wondering what the last location I described was, it was indeed China. I don't know if you knew that one, but China, yes. So apparently China has a couple different interesting schools, one of which is actually in a cave, but I chose to talk about what's called Gulu Elementary School this week. So this is in Sichuan, China, and it's run by only one teacher. I believe his name is Shed Kujan, if I'm saying that correctly. But in order to get to school, the children actually have to climb dangerous mountains, and um, they have to cross the Luoma Way, I believe it is, to make it safely to school every day, overcoming challenges and uh, narrow passageways and like sharp turns and everything like that. Just go Google this, by the way. This is a real thing, and it's insane. Like, just go look at pictures. It's like super steep. Looks like I get like heart palpitations just looking at it but they're probably like expert mountain climbers by the time they're adults right so yeah it's called uh that's in china so uh so let's talk about some fast facts about um china and the geography here there's actually so much to talk about but i'm only going to talk about a couple one of which is the fact that my real life phobia if you haven't heard of that um go listen to last week's episode my real life phobia of the tree of heaven also known as the Atlantis altisma yes i have one of those mari show tv show phobias it's real um this tree that i love so much originates there in china Um, It's very ubiquitous, I imagine, because it's very ubiquitous here in the United States. I can only imagine what it's like in China. So um, that's one of the reasons I have not been to China yet. I know it's really bad. I have to get over it. I should probably get some therapy first, but... Anyway, we're going to move on from that. That's the only time I'm going to reference my irrational phobia this episode. Um, It's also a country that has many eastern plains and southern coasts. And um, it consists of fertile lowlands and foothills. And this is where most of China's agricultural output is. It's also where most of the population is. And um, China is also the approximate size of the continental U.S., if you want a little size comparison there. Also in China, this is a fun fact, chopsticks were invented for not eating but cooking. Okay, I heard somebody tell me this in one of my Zen meditation sessions that I attend here in Cleveland, and I didn't believe it, but I looked it up, and sure enough, um, I just remember when I was like 13, I went on a date with this guy, and we went to get Chinese food, and I remember I could not, for the life of me, use chopsticks, and he like brought me a fork. He's like, I was afraid you were going to starve. Like, I still remember that, and I was so embarrassed, but now I know they weren't actually intended for eating, so I don't feel quite as bad. Fun fact for you for the day. second to last description. Oh, how have you guys been doing? Okay. So this is back here in the United States. Okay. So we're guessing a city in the United States. This is what this is going to be. It is a major city where more than 800 languages are spoken, making it the most linguistically diverse in the world. It received a popular iconic gift from France in 1886 for its centennial celebration. Hmm, wonder where that could be. Where do you think? Make a note that this location is also highly popular amongst people coming to tour the United States. It's usually the first place they visit. It also consequently has many hotels in the area. Athens, Ohio, however, not so many. Take a listen. We're at the Highlander Motel. It's a nice, cool very cool morning here and we're about to go get breakfast what what 
<laughs> yes. Huh? No, I need it. I have a lot of stories about the Highlander Motel. During that, by the way, Dan was giving me, like, the stink eye. Like, what are you recording? Like, he thought I was being really stupid. But um, I actually have a story up my sleeve. Of course I do. I'd never leave you without such. But um, the Highlander Motel has a good history for me. So when I was a freshman, um, you know, Ohio University is widely known for its uh, Halloween celebrations because of its haunted history and such. So my freshman year, I had two friends visit me from high school. Uh, and I remember that I was only allowed to have one friend in my dorm with me. So consequently, I was looking for a hotel to have all of us stay in when they came to visit. So I ended up finding this little like janky motel down the street called the Highlander. It's not very well known in Athens. But um, anyway, I'm like, hey, you guys, let's just stay there. So we actually went and we stayed at this little motel. And I remember um, not only that, but I had to like I had to I did like sleep under sheets. If anybody knows me, I hate sheets. And I was given it the old college try and like sleeping between my two friends under these terrible sheets. But anyway, uh, I remember the next morning my friend uh, saw this refrigerator in our room and she's like, hey, look at this. The refrigerator rolls. It has wheels. How cool is this? Like it moves. And like the next thing I know, like she's on her knees, like trying to catch this refrigerator that apparently like, like toppled on top of her, like in an avalanche. <laughs> it was like the funniest thing. It was like the most janky motel you could possibly think of. But we always joked about that for several years. And I sort of forgot about it until one year um my friends uh, from OU, uh, when we were going back for homecoming, they were like, we, you know, everything was all booked up. They're like, hey, we could stay at this place called the Highlander. Have you guys ever heard of this? And I'm like, the Highlander? You have no idea what that that motel is like. I have so many stories there, and I got all excited. I had like a re um, Kindle with my freshman self. Also that night, I got in trouble because I was a dishwashing machine. True story. I actually have pictures on Facebook. It's a real thing. Like my dad helped me and everything. It was this crazy costume. But anyway, I had this boyfriend that night that like had this like bottle of alcohol like hiding in my costume because I could like hide it and I just remember I got in trouble for that like it was just like a ridiculous night altogether but anyway it's just one of those things that I have stories to tell about later right <laughs> so that's my story about the Highlander Motel if you were wondering what that last location was, ding, 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 it's New York City. I know that's the second week in a row that I've been talking about New York City, but it's a pretty big place in our country, pretty popular. Um, I don't actually personally care for New York very much. I know, more blasphemy, right? Um, that goes hand in hand with my total love for yoga, right? <laughs> so, okay, let's talk about the school there. It's a private, ungraded, democratic, free school founded in 2004. Okay, the students range from ages 4 to 18 years old. The school operates under a non-coercive philosophy where students are actually encouraged to develop their own interests. It's a self-directed um, area, self-directed school where there's no tests or compulsory classes. There's no homework. Students are free to come and go as they please. Um, it includes classes like philosophy, business, astrology, psychology, and cheese tasting classes. No wine tasting, I guess. Um, I guess there's no uh, 21-year-olds there. That's okay. They could just be a dishwasher for Halloween and hide the wine in their costumes, right? Also, they're required to attend five and a half hours a day. I'm not exactly sure how that works with being able to come and go as they please, but apparently it works out some way. I think that's a really interesting concept. Anyway, a few facts about New York is that it has a coastal position at the meeting of the Hudson River and the 
Atlantic Ocean. New York's popular name, the Big Apple, originally referred to the horse racing, which the Big Apple was actually meant for a money prize. That was what it was called, the money prize. Also, New York has the most densely populated area in the entire um, U.S., so it's the most dense population American city, if that makes sense. So, uh, fun fact about New York there. You're just now noticing that. Did I forget to mention that New York is also like top in fashion and fashion design? That was uh, when I was walking down Court Street with Dan and he like just now noticed that those little like short crop sweaters are in style. Like they've been in style like for a while now. And he just was he just was like totally baffled. He's like, how come everybody's wearing these short little crop tops? And like they've been in style for like five or six years. Not that I've like worn them, but I mean, I've observed the fashion trend. Anyway, it was really funny because he just like thought that this was like a totally new thing. Anyway, on to our our last description everyone get super excited for this one this is a really good location this location is extremely large it's the area that contains a lot of types of terrain so there's mountains there's oceans there's plains and deserts all in one the location has a lot of drastically different temperatures. The coldest recorded temperature in this area is negative 126 degrees Fahrenheit. That's negative 88 degrees Celsius. And the highest recorded temperature is 136 degrees Fahrenheit or 58 degrees Celsius. Okay. The location also is primarily made of water and exists in both the northern and southern hemisphere. Where is this mystery location? If you were racking your brain trying to think about what that last location was and what in the world could possibly have that many different types of temperatures and terrains and locations, the answer itself was actually the world. So you should have just thought of that. Um, yeah, I know it's a bit of a trick question, but I wanted to talk about the world because there's this school out there now called the Think Global School. It's called TGS. It's a traveling boarding school with no home base. The student body is is made up of 45 teens grades 10 through 12 from about 28 different countries. Each, uh, each semester, teachers and students change locations. They focus on studying what is emphasized in the area, like uh, religious systems in India or Indian art when they're in India. They took a, uh, a train from Stockholm to the Arctic Circle one time. They, they studied uh, Japanese pottery, I read. So um, this looks like an amazing school. And I was thinking to myself, do they, do they need any speech therapists to travel along with them? Like, I'm not even kidding. I feel like all schools should be this type of school. Like, how cool is it that, you know, children are learning about the world by experiencing the world versus trying to open up a textbook when you're, like, you know, five years old? Like, do you really? I mean, I'm, I know not five years old, but, I mean, honestly, like, schools, I just, I think there could be so much more to schools to help us learn about 
life and I mean for example I mean at the very bare minimum can we like have a course that teaches us how to manage like our finances when we grow up or how to like buy a house or like how to you know I mean I, I don't know like why are we learning how to draw circles and like um like conjugate different types of I'm, oh gosh let's not talk about math <laughs> uh, you know like trigonometry all that stuff like you know I, I just think that it would be so much better spent actually living the world and experiencing the world and um people like me who's you know visual learners I think it would stick a lot better so anyway oh but I guess we could still color those maps because those actually worked out pretty well Uh, just as you're traveling maybe Okay, let's talk about the world, okay? Um, If you remember your, like, third grade science class, the Earth is the third planet from the sun. It's the only known planet in our solar system that humans can live on due to the temperatures and the oxygen abundance. Earth is also the only planet not named after a god, and it's densely populated. It's the most densely populated planet in our solar system. A year on Earth is actually not 365 days. It's 365.2564, which is why we have leap years, if anyone ever wondered that. Um, 70% of the earth is water, as you may know. And of all of these, uh, of, of all of that percentage of water, 97% of that is salt water, which means oceans. 3% of that is fresh water. And uh, 2% of that is like frozen glaciers and ice. So that means that only 1% of the water on earth, the fresh water on earth, goes to lakes and rivers. So um, it's uh, it's amazing because you think there's so much water on Earth, and um, I guess we won't be. Uh, I guess we'll try not to dehydrate or something like that. Um, I don't know. I just I'm always thinking about dehydration just because of my potassium problems. Anyway, okay, we're gonna move on from that. <laughs> okay, everyone, I'm hoping hopefully you guys all had a good um, learning lesson here today about schools and a good lesson about learning a lesson. everyone enjoyed today's episode. Hopefully you all were able to get some good ideas and understanding about the world and you enjoyed my audio clips from OU. It's just so interesting how diverse the world really is. And also since we're on a bit of an India kick today, I thought I'd give you one more free school that I thought was interesting in India. It's actually located under a bridge as if we needed one more uh, school to talk about here. But The school was organized by volunteers for poor children who weren't able to enroll in school, and it's located in New Delhi and situated actually under an overpass. Volunteers teach students how to read, numeracy, and English, so they teach a lot of good topics there for students. Um, I just thought that was really interesting, and if you needed one more fact about India today, it's also the lead milk producer of the world, so if you need milk, head to India. Also, I don't like milk, (laughs) and more blasphemous statements, right? Anyway, uh, at the beginning of today's episode, we learned how to say hello in India, and that was namaste. You can also say goodbye um, by saying namaste. It means it can be used both ways. Also, uh, literally, that means I bow to you. That's what namaste actually means. So if you're in uh, a yoga class and you're trying not to let your head explode or trying not to fall over like me, you can distract yourself by thinking about the literal meaning of namaste. Also, um, I do want to teach you a couple other ways to say goodbye. You could say per melange, per melange. I think I said that right. I did actually listen to these in, um, in, on YouTube, so hopefully I got these right. I wrote them how they sound anyway. This is something you might say if you know you're going to see the person again. Another less common way to say goodbye in India is alvida. That's less common. So three different ways you can say goodbye. 
Anyway, hopefully everybody enjoyed hearing my weekend at OU and um, really got a good understanding about just how diverse the world really is. And I remind you today to always stay curious about the world and recognize that our realities are merely perceptions and to never stop learning. Okay, learning is probably the best things we can do for ourselves and it never ends. Learning takes place every single day and seeing the world is the best kind of class you can take in my opinion. So Okay, everyone. So until next week, live life on the wild and educated and informed side. Don't do anything I wouldn't do unless it's get in trouble for taking too many pictures, sit in water and soak your pants in a rather menacing spot, eat crumbly snacks while wearing a pinky splint, have a head explosion during downward dog, or, oh yeah, eat too many ghost-shaped Reese cups. But everything else, don't do anything I wouldn't do, if that makes sense. See you next time. This is Marielina, and you've been listening to Purple Hood Adventures Podcast. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on our journeys today. If you think you'd like to hear more and you want to stay updated on the whereabouts of an accident-prone purple windbreaker, or if you just like to live the life of adventure through your earbuds, or maybe you enjoy restraining having milk coming out of your nose buds every week, don't forget to subscribe to my channel. Otherwise, you can check me out on my website at purplehoodadventures.com. Or you can check me out on Facebook slash Purplehead Adventures, Instagram, or whatever other 8 million forms of social media you might use. Until then, stay tacky, San Francisco. And remember, life is not a book to be read, but a story to be told. So get out there. And remember, always, hood down and head out. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.